Well, our look at the book of Colossians is progressing well. <clears throat> We're still looking at verse 14 today. Uh, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now, the forgiveness of sins is much talked about amongst Christians. Uh, it, <clears throat> we realize it's important, but I wonder if we fully appreciate what it means to us and what it means for us in how it should impact us. So let's talk about it just for a few moments today, uh, that we have forgiveness of sins. It's all through the blood. It's all because of what Jesus did for us. All right. First of all, let, let me remind you of this. All sin is against God. Now, sin obviously impacts people around us. It impacts the people we sin against and in, uh, in the sense that we commit the act against them. Uh, it impacts our families. It impacts us. It impacts a whole bunch of people. But sin is against God. Uh, the, the, the rest is fallout from the sin we commit against God. great example of that will be David in Psalm 51. Uh, David is repenting of his sin with Bathsheba and for murdering Uriah, her husband. And he's repenting of it. And he says in it against thee and thee only have I sinned. What he's recognizing is that his sin was against God. Yes, it affected Bathsheba. Yes, it certainly affected uh, her husband. Yes, it affected the whole nation. But against thee and thee only have I sinned. Uh, Jesus in, um, in Luke uh, forgives a man his sin. And the Pharisees look at him and they, may, they ask a good question. They say, who can forgive sin uh, but God? And so Jesus says, well, let me just show you my power in a way you can see because I can forgive sin, and he heals the man. He, he has the man. Uh, he, he heals the withered arm. Now, um, you and I need to understand that forgiveness must come from God because our sin is primarily against God. We may have other people that we've offended against and hurt uh, with our sin, and we need to get their forgiveness too on a human level, but spiritually speaking, Forgiveness can only come from God. Forgiveness can only come from God because God is the one offended. Uh, he to tells us how to live. We don't live that way. And when we sin, uh, we've offended against him. We need to get that right. <clears throat> now, secondly is this. Sin creates a debt. But it's a debt that you can't pay. I was raised in a system and really... <clears throat> how the system played out in my life was, uh, it, it was this scales. There was, there, was, there was the possibility of sin, which was real, but there was also the possibility of doing good works. And what you hoped at least was that at the end of your life, you would stand before God with the scales in your hand and that your, your good works would outweigh your sin and you'd get into heaven based upon that. Well, that's not a good comparison because... The reality is if we were to take that comparison, all your good works at a maximum weigh feathers and your sin weighs lead. There's no good work that can ever make up for one single sin. It's impossible. There's no way for you and I to do that. You see, our sin is against God and our sin creates a debt that we can't pay. That's why Jesus had to come. If you and I could pay for our own sin, the Father would have said, well, we'll go forward, do it. 
There's no way he would have sent his son to endure all that he endured for our sakes if there were another possible way. There was no other possible way. Jesus had to come and pay for sin because there's no other way uh, for sin to be paid for. Now I want, to, I want you to, get to imagine something with me for a second. Imagine that you're in prison because you owe 10 million euro. Right? 10 million euro is a lot of money. It's not as much apparently as it used to be, but for regular people, 10 million is an impossibly large amount of money. And we'll say you were to go to the judge and you were to, you were to make a, uh, an agreement with the judge that if he would let you out, you would pay 100 euros a week off your 10 million debt. Do you think he would let you out? No, because it's going to take you nearly 2,000 years to pay it back at 100 euros a week. Well, say you could earn a wild salary and you could live and you could pay 1,000 euros every week. You'd still have to live for 192 years to pay back your debt, and that's without interest. 10 million for somebody on a regular salary is an impossible amount to, to, to pay back. Jesus recognized that you and I had a debt we couldn't pay. It was way above our heads. It was impossible for us to pay. There was nothing we could do. There was no way we could avoid sin because we're born sinful. There was no way that we could pay for sin because it's part of our lives. He realized there was nothing that we could do about it. And so in mercy, because he loved us, he came and he paid the price for your sin. Jesus didn't just waive your debt and say, don't worry about it. Now what he did was he paid your debt in full. When Jesus hung on the cross, he said this. He said, it is finished. And that's an accounting term. You would have that stamped on your book when you had paid your debt in full. But say you, 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 you had bought a new chariot and you were paying it off on higher purchase and, and you came to the last payment. Well, the, uh, the person you were buying off it would stamp on your, uh, on your book to testify. It is finished. It's paid in full. That's what Jesus did. He paid the price of your sin in full. Now, what that means is, I have no sin debt. It's all paid. Past, present, future. When I sin, I need confession because it affects my relationship. But I don't have debt. The debt is paid because Jesus paid the price for my sin. He paid it in full. All my sin, past, present, and future. Now, Obviously, that has enormous ramifications for us, and the burden's been lifted. I'm free. I no longer carry that. But there's something else that Jesus puts into it. And he says this, and it comes up several times uh, in, in, in the Gospels. This idea that because you're forgiven, now forgive. Because you're forgiven, let go. Even in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those uh, who trespass against us. Because you've been forgiven, he expects you to forgive. In Matthew 18, Jesus talks about the, uh, the Lord who, 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 whose servant owed him a vast amount of money. Let's take the figure of 10 million again. And because he couldn't pay, he was going to have him thrown in prison. But the servant said, please, please, I'll, I'll pay all that I owe. It was impossible. So the, the, the Lord took pity on him and he said, listen, I forgive you the debt, go. And so that poor man went out 
And he found somebody that owed him money. And he grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and he said, pay a small amount of money. We'll say 50 euros, just for a comparison. And he, he grabbed him and he said, you're going to pay? And the guy said, I can't pay, but give me time, I'll pay. Give me time, I'll, I'll pay you all that I owe. And he said, no, 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 you're going to pay me now. And if you don't pay me, I'll have you cast into prison. And he couldn't pay him, so that's exactly what he did. Well, when the Lord heard about it, he was really upset. And he has this poor man uh, cast into prison himself because he'd forgiven him so much, he expected him to forgive. A couple of thoughts on it. It's always bothered me. Why did he go after the guy who owed him so little? Here's why I think. I think because he didn't realize he was forgiven. He didn't realize that he didn't have to pay the debt anymore. It didn't dawn on him how much he had just been let go of. And he was still living in the economy. I have to pay my debt. I have to pay my debt. Christian, you don't have to pay your debt. Jesus paid your debt. What he says to you is, your debt is paid. I've set you free. You're my child. All that we've talked about this week uh, is true. You have been redeemed. You've been delivered. uh, You've been set free. Your sin has been forgiven. All of that is true. And he says, now go and forgive others. Don't hold on to it. Don't don't let somebody else, uh, the wrong they've done you, be the stumbling block in your life. And we need to take that on board. By the way, the end of that story in Matthew 18 is, uh, so shall your heavenly father, and he was talking about being thrown to to the tormentors, do to each one of you that forgive not from your hearts. Listen, you've been forgiven a vast amount. Will you not take that now and forgive that person that's done you wrong? Set them free as well. And let the Lord work in your heart and work in their heart. Colossians is a great book with great truth for us. I trust that you're enjoying it.